Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. George is you and has greeting. George does have greeting. George is not Baba. <laughs> so, so uh, I gotta be honest with you. When I was writing this opening line, because I mm-hmm. put more time into this line than I think I normally have to put into an opening line of an episode. But when I was writing that, all I could think of is uh, the episode of The Simpsons where uh, Bart presses the no, it's it's the Smokey the Bear, and he <laughs> presses the button, and it goes, "Only who can prevent forest fires?" And there's a button that says "you" and a button that says "me," and he presses "you," and he goes, "You have pressed you, meaning me. The correct answer is you." And he kicks <laughs> it, and because I was like, technically. George's you would mean I'm you. Right. I'm George, right? So like it it doesn't totally work out, but I thought it was okay. And yeah, plus I got this side story out of it. Exactly. No, it was it was a, it was a huge plus. Um the the only the only other thing that you could do is, you know, if you if you had all the the letters in a row, you could nudge up like you is subscribe and like the channel, <laughs> you know, and leave comments. <laughs> Right, you is leave com and comments. You know, <laughs> subscribers has comments. Subscribers <laughs> has comments, which means that if we push the subscribers into a defeat, it would just explode and there'd be comments. Yes. What did yeah, you, what did you think I meant? I don't know. I mean, from from everything that we've done with encouraging them to go outside of their house and start screaming, I think exploding into positive <laughs> comments about the show. I think is uh, I think that's on brand. It is on brand. So. <laughs> We played Baba Is You, um, which I don't want to say we played Quirk just to set this episode up, but the fact that but we, we did, well, <laughs> the fact that we played Quirk first, like I'm thankful for, right? Mm-hmm. Although, again, this is not a direct sequel to that episode, but you should go listen to that episode and then come listen to this episode. And if you already listened to that episode, do it again anyway. Um, the one thing that I was genuinely shocked about with this game is how recently it came out this game came out in march of last year like yes i knew it was a nostalgia game i didn't realize it was like that new because usually there's like a couple of years between us and when we get around to a game being on nostalgia goggles so i was like oh this one's like fresh out the oven so the reason actually i i did know um that it came out last year because um the way I became aware of this game was I watch um, a YouTube channel, Game Maker's Toolkit, which has all kinds of you know good, good, good information on there. And uh, and if you're not subscribed, if you have any interest in game design, definitely check it out. I will fully admit to the fact that some of the more salient observations I've had on this show have been not cribbed directly, but you know I have learned things from that show that I have applied. Great here. artist steel, George. Yeah, exactly. We all stand <laughs> upon the shoulders of giants, and it's 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 entropy all the way down. Um, it all is true, but no. So basically, on his channel, he did a top games of 2019, mm-hmm. and he's like, "My number one game is Baba Is You," and I was like, "You know, so I'm 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 like doing chores. I'm just kind of listening to this in the background, you know." And so 
said it's a Sakaban type game from you know like like this that and I'm like all right you know that's fine and I was like I know what a Sakaban type is now you know but just look looking at the video I could say like oh I know what, what he's talking about you know he said the main difference is and then he put the main premise of the game in there and I just immediately paused it and dismissed the video because I'm like no I want to play this game you know and so that's when I was like hey. I want to play this game, but I haven't played enough of the genre to really, you know, do a comparison. So then I, that's when I started kind of prodding us to be like, we should. And I, to be fair, I recommended that we play Sakaban. And you're like, yeah, that's that's a little let's play Quirk. And I was All right, let's it, do that. It's a little out there for an American audience. right? Yes. Like if we were yeah. in Japan, I would be like. Yes, absolutely. And I apologize. I know we have some listeners in Japan. I'm sorry. Most of our listeners are native English speakers on the Western side of the world. But um, I actually, I, I I backed into the exact same story as you from the other direction <laughs> because I learned about this game from a different YouTube channel. And I was just like, oh, wow, that sounds really interesting. But they didn't go very in-depth into it. It was just like about a bunch of games. And I was like, oh, man, that sounds super interesting. And then uh, we got the listener request for Quirk. And so we played Quirk. And then you were the one who enlightened me to the term, you know, Sakoban-like. And then I was like, oh, this is why George wants to play Bob as you, because this is part of that genre, but it's been evolved in, like, this really unique way. And I also subscribed to Game Maker's Toolkit. And when nice. I saw the video that included Bob as you, I... Or I had learned about it from another place, so I avoided watching that video <laughs> until after I had played the game. And then I was like, okay, now like I have my own notes. I formulated my own opinions. And this is actually a weird thing that I don't know if I've ever said this on the show, but like doing nostalgia goggles has impacted my YouTube experience because if I see a video or a podcast or something about a game that I think we're going to play at some point or that I know we're going to play, then I have to like circle back to it later, mm -hmm. which is, I, I don't know. It's just weird. Cause like YouTube doesn't seem like it should be that serious of a thing, but it it's become this like faux academia where I'm like, Oh, I, I can't, I can't read that person's paper until I've formulated my own opinions and tested my own hypotheses. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, especially because I think most of what, both of us listen to it falls under the umbrella of like edutainment totally you know so you know i mean like i'm always like like i really love you know kyrgyzstat and scishow and you know and game makers toolkit and all these different ones so yeah when i see a game makers toolkit that you know was talking about like shovel knight i was like well i'm it and at that point we had already played it so i was like okay cool i'm i'm interested to see you know what what this person thought of it you know but yeah there's definitely some some of them where i'm like oh this is I mean, like, like I said, literally, I was listening to it, and I'm like, nope, I think I want to play this. Stop, you know. Let me not go into it with a ton of information or, uh, or tainted. Um, so uh, before before we, you know, go to the top of the hour, the one thing though that for any of our play players, any of our listeners who have not played this game, um, the main uh, kind of twist on this is so this is a Sakaban like, which is to say that you know it's about moving puzzle pieces around a board to try to get to a goal you know so you're moving blocks moving whatever right the main difference though is that there are blocks of words and moving those blocks into statements changes the reality of the universe in which you inhabit so if the statement is baba is you then you are the little white rabbit baba but if you move kiki 
in there and it says Kiki is you, then you become the little red Kiki. If you move it to wall is you or rock is you, you become those things. And so the goal isn't to change, move things around. The goal is to change the laws that you're beholden to in order to solve the puzzle, which is really fascinating to me as a concept. So that's why I really want to play it. Yeah, you, you play as a Q intern. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have all the powers of a Q. You can't just do anything. But, like, you, you'll you grow up and have all the powers of a Q one day, so you have to be able to change some fundamental laws of reality, just not all of them. I, I, I really do imagine that this would be a game similar. This is the uh, Duplos, Q Duplos, you know? <laughs> Or like they would sit a, a, a baby cue down in front of this and say like, okay, play this for a little while. It's like, you see what happens when you change the gravitational constant of the universe, you know, and then it just builds from there. Uh, so I, I do want to mention, um, you know, we, we've got a couple, uh, we have a long running game that's going right now. Uh, and I've also been streaming um, our the next game uh, that we're going to record uh, the next time we record. Um, so thank you to people who've been following on Twitch and, leaving reviews on the podcasts and all those things. Um, I uh, I think this game is a funny example to have uh, me mention people subscribing on Twitch because I had a very uh, human moment where I decided I am not willing to stream this. I'm not willing. <laughs> I'm not willing to stare at a screen for 20 minutes, making zero progress while people watch. Like I'm just not yeah. not up for that kind of pressure. If it if it makes you feel any better, it is exactly as disheartening as you think it is because um, Teddy saw me play this a couple of times, my four year old son, and for whatever reason, he decided that he loved this game and he would call it the spooky one because he doesn't know anything about it and and it's kind of spooky you know like it's got like a black backdrop and you know so you'd be like little white ghost looking character yeah you go like dada dada are you gonna play the spooky one and i'm like sure so i'd sit down and have my four-year-old with the exact attention of a four-year-old sitting there next to me becoming clearly agitated with me just staring at the screen he's like no dada here and he would take the controller away from me sometimes he couldn't solve the puzzle but like i don't know man like i think that you made the right call of not having an audience for this game because then he'd get frustrated and be like oh no you shouldn't do this level you should do the other one i'm like okay all right let me just try to get my head wrapped around this one no 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 wait don't do this one dad do this other one i'm like oh god this is this is my hell (laughs) (laughs) yeah so good i'm glad uh we again we both kind of backed into the same conclusion from different directions (laughs) Um, but so do we do we jump right into visuals visuals just visuals for the sake of visuals off the top the visuals here are very childlike you know which i think is is kind of interesting you know it definitely looks like um like a child's drawing you know like baba is is what looks like a six-year-old or a five-year-old would draw a rabbit you know um the walls the are, are you know definitely walls and like the rocks look like rocks but like the skulls look like childlike drawn skulls love the hearts are just you know little little crudely drawn hearts you know so it it very has a very childlike aesthetic you know and even the language that's used like baba is you you know rock is stop you know things like that is very very childlike which i thought was very interesting considering how deep and complex 
the problem solving is like how much of the universe you have to be aware of in order to solve the problem like i thought that it was very very a very interesting juxtaposition between those two things and i wasn't sure what to do with that information i have some theories but i wanted to know what your thoughts were yeah i mean it i i literally have like a child's drawing but in a good way in my my notes i'm i'm on the same page as you i don't know if i felt like it was a bad thing mostly because the nature of what you're trying to do is so complex that mm-hmm. communicating it with the simplest possible words and the simplest possible visuals is probably necessary to not cause other distractions like if everything was too detailed maybe is the right word like if if everything looked too sophisticated Certainly the verbiage, right? If if the text blocks were more complicated words or, you know, larger multi-syllable words where a simple, simpler single syllable word might suffice, then, sorry, I just did it, right? I could have said would yeah. do instead I said suffice, right? Like that that would lead you to start to pick apart nuance that may not actually exist, right? Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd be looking for nuance that isn't there just because it's like, oh, well, one interpretation of that word, or or maybe because this wall is angled this way, I can it like in every three D platformer where you're like, is this slope flat enough that I can climb up it? It looks like maybe it is, right? There's none of that ambiguity, which is it, it forces you to focus on the nature of the world and not the appearance of the world, right? Everything is is very clear down to um, what I don't know what you would call them other than like the ends of sentences. So like the word you right in Baba is mm-hmm. you is uh, it's a negative, right? So every word is in a block and the word mm-hmm. you is in a block where the word part is the negative space. And then the block part is the colored space instead of the word you being in colored letters. And that actually tells you that there are parts of the sentence that that can't go in. You cannot mm-hmm. write a sentence that is you is Baba, right? Right. You, you can have Baba is you. You can have Baba is you and something, but you mm-hmm. you can't start a sentence, right? Stop can't start a sentence. Open can't start a sentence. And they don't give you that information in any way other than when a sentence is on, like when that rule is in effect, it's illuminated. And if mm-hmm. you put a block style word at the beginning of a sentence, that sentence will never illuminate. And right. they don't ever tell you that. They never give you that information. But you try the first time you try it, you now know from that point on, oh, stop and open and push and all these other words that are in blocks cannot go at the beginning of sentences. They can go at the end and they can go in the middle. And so if the block had like, oh, it's, it's a metallic sheen, that means it can't go at the beginning of a sentence. <laughs> this, this one kind of has like a wet sheen, but it might be metallic. You know what I mean? Like simple prevents all of that. Yes, I, I agree completely. I think that, that they were leveraging the simple art style in multiple ways. Here's my kind of aesthetic feel for it, because I, I agree with you completely, is that you know if they had really complicated or complex visuals, I mean, I can't even imagine somebody trying to do this in actual three dimensions instead of top-down two dimensions. Like, that'd be just, it'd be untenable, um, which is a word that you would never see in Baba as you. Um, you see just tenable, and there's an un- and so you can push un in front of tenable to make it untenable. Um, anyways, <laughs> no, is, is that what I think that they're kind of trying to do with the artwork is to 
basically constantly drive to you like think like a child you know because like and this is one of the things i just find so fascinating and to me deeply meaningful about this game um and at some point i'm going to gush about the philosophy behind this and i don't know when that's going to come out so just everybody brace up but um but is to say like you know like remember when you were a kid and it's like okay well now i'm going to be the jet airplane you know oh okay well you know like like well don't the, the floor is lava you know don't touch the floor the floor is lava and it's like and then the kid just jumps down and you're like well how come you're able to touch it it's like oh well i'm floating you know and it's like okay so now you can just walk across the floor which is apparently lava which i'm drowning in you know just like think like a child you know don't like just if it's not working change it you know rock is you you know like so it's like you know if, it, if it's like rock is stop and it's like well i gotta I get past this it's like then make the rock not stop you you know like just change the gravitational constant <laughs> of the universe right you know so so to me it's it's it that that art style not only does it does it help with everything you said about you know um making it very simple not adding complexity it's it's in this sense it's kind of like with portal one where you know the visuals are very clear where you can and can't portal because they are asking you to think in such a novel space you know to where people literally say well that's thinking with portals meaning that a game literally taught you how to think about space differently <laughs> you know like that's that's no small feat right so like in the similar ways that they they were kind of like you know what we can't have wild insane complex visuals or anything like that it it's it wouldn't work you know so we're going to uh we're going to keep it really simple well Nate i feel like they even did that with the animations themselves right not just mm-hmm. the static assets but when they're in motion because uh first off everything's technically in motion all the time because it does the dr cats style wiggly mm-hmm. like home movies used to do before they decided to smooth it out which is weird um yeah but that like the edge of everything just looks like it's filled with carpenter ants and it's just kind of wiggling and that's <laughs> it the only reason i think it's odd is because i found and the people that i talked to that played this game you spend a lot of time not moving, right? Mm-hmm. And so that means that you are often staring at a static screen trying to think like, okay, well, what if I made this sentence into that? What if I combine these two sentences, whatever? And so the screen is always kind of dancing, right? But then mm-hmm. I noticed that those that that wiggly outline is like pretty subtle, right? It's not distracting, uh, but there are certain little touches that are bigger motions to communicate information you need because the the wiggly outline is just an artistic choice, which is neither here nor there, but things like is hot. If you are melt and it is hot, actually I should say if you is melt and it is hot, then when you touch it, you die, right? If mm-hmm. it is defeat, when you touch it, you die. So like you need to know that kind of information. And the way they often communicate that is with these like really gentle touches. So if something is float, it has this like really kind of lilting up and down floating animation, just enough that you can tell the difference between what is floating and what's not floating. If something right, what is, is float and what is not float. Right. So like if something is uh, hot, it gives off like just a little bit of steam periodically in these like little bursts. Um, there's also lots of things that can move uh, that are not necessarily you because there's the the is move block where things mm-hmm. move on their own. 
But when those things move, they do not leave a dust trail. The only things mm -hmm. that leave dust trails when they walk is if you, the player, are controlling them. So it's like you can tell when something's moving. Like, did I make that move or is that moving because of a rule? Because if it doesn't leave the little dust trail, then it's not you. Only, you know, you is dust trail. So there's all these little touches, like the, the little cogs in some of the levels because they're like factory themed, I guess. Uh, the cogs mm -hmm. only rotate when there's movement happening. It's like, it doesn't change anything, doesn't mean anything, but it's just this neat little touch to let you know, like you took an action. Those cogs right. spun because you moved. Yes. I mean, the same thing with like belt, like, you know, belt is push or. Yeah. Belt, belt know. is shift. Yeah. Shift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the belt isn't just uh, that the animation of the arrows is only moving when the world is moving and the world only moves when you move. Right. So it's like, it's, you're not controlling time, but in a way you kind of are. Yes. Um, well, and, and one of the things, and this is kind of a gameplay thing, but there is a visual component to it is that when there is something that is movement sensitive, which is to say that it, it moves when you move, um, you don't have to move. You can just push a, and it puts at the top, like push a to move. Mm -hmm. so that way you are just advancing time forward a tick. So you don't have to like, jump back and forth and like try to get, you know, it's just like, no, I just need to, I need time to advance one frame, which I thought was pretty nice. One of the things that they did that I thought was critical um, with the visuals was that they make it as a general rule, very clear what rules you cannot change mm -hmm. simply by where they're located within the stage. You know, so like if wall is stop and that's not, they're like, don't don't worry about that. Like, wall is going to be stopped. It is normally behind a wall where it is just that is the all that is there. It is a one block by three block area, and all it says is wall is stop. You know, so you you just know. So like, typically you can see. Uh, normally it's like in the top left corner, or it's kind of in in all of the corners. But you can quickly scan the level and be like, okay, what. What rules of the universe can I not mitigate at all? Like, am I just going to have to deal with? Okay, these are the ones I can deal with. What are the rules in my immediate surroundings that are probably the ones that they're going to want me to play with initially, you know? And so, you know, so they do a good job visually kind of spreading out, like, what, what words you have to play with. So it gets your mind thinking in the right area of, okay, you know, I've got you know, wall is stop, Baba is you. Those are two locked behind walls. So they're, they're not expecting me to dink around with who I am or being able to move through walls. That's not changing. Okay, so I've got rock is stop and rock is, you know, rock is stop and I have also push and telly. You know, so it's like, okay, so probably something with a rock and teleporting somewhere you know like so and then you start playing around with it you know but i thought that they did a good job visually laying out where the words were to lead you down an appropriate path so i actually had the same note under mechanics um mm. but i'm glad that you mentioned this in visuals because what i didn't think of when i put this in mechanics is uh everything you said is true and <laughs> there's two different ways they communicate that information that are actually subtly different. So when they do, you know, wall is stop and it's completely surrounded by a wall, that tells you right away 
you cannot change this rule, right? Because you can't even get to where the rule is. But something else that they will do, because this is a Sokoban-like, which means you can't pull things, you can only push things until later, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Until you can pull things. (laughs) Right up until you can. Um, But one of the other things they do is they will start with rules up against the wall or up against the, the extreme edges of the screen sometimes, but you can still get to them, which means you can add on to them. So you can do, if it says like wall is stop, you might be able to make it wall is stop and open. So you can't negate the stop, but you could make it and open, or you could make it and push or whatever. Right. Um, or you can do, uh, there's a bunch of puzzles you solve by like, I can't move this thing but I can turn it into something I can move. So like, like one of them is, uh, is like, you know, grass is Kiki is defeat. Right. And then it's like, Oh, then I'll just pile all the Kiki's in the corner and then walk past, you know, in the now open space. Right. So there's, this is really important from communicating the mechanics because if you go into a level where something is completely walled off, all you have to do is memorize that rule and then stop worrying about it because you can't change it. If it's against the wall or against the edge of the screen, then you might need to manipulate it, but you can't negate it, right? And so there's that subtle difference in, is this thing against the edge where I can reach it? Or is this thing actually completely unreachable? Gives you some information. Either don't worry about this at all, worry about this a little or it's out where you can manipulate it you you absolutely need to worry about this right and and just literally the placement on the screen gives you all of that information and that's it's again the simplicity right it's important do i do i need to know about this and file it away or do i need to know about this and use that information to solve the puzzle well and that's the thing is that you know like they were very and and I I can't not liken this to Portal because of the the <laughs> novel space it makes you think in, but is that you know they were like basically saying look we are going to um, okay now now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the philosophy of it now so here's <laughs> here's the thing is that and I'm gonna butcher this a little bit so um, please please bear with me but there's there's four main stages of cognitive development right there's um, you know. The first one where it's basically, and I always get the first two screwed up a little bit, but it's basically like you, ex- the, or I think it's the universe exists, right? Like you get this when you're a baby, right? You know, so it's like, you know, the universe exists. Oh my God, that's amazing, right? And then all of a sudden you realize that you're not the universe, right? You are mm-hmm. different, you know, like like that that you, and you can kind of c- control things that happen to you. You know, so like the first thing you get when you're like an infant, you know, second one you get when you're like, two or something like that very very young you know and then when you're a teenager you hit stage three development which is i can change you know so which is why you tend to see a lot of experimentation with identity around that time you know is it's like oh i'm not static i can be anything anyone i I can do whatever i want you know um and then interestingly some people stop developing like not everybody reaches stage four of cognitive development um which is Losers. to say that, and and, it, and you cannot reach stage four until you're actually in your mid twenties. So it happens way later in life, but um, it means that there are twenty five year olds that are more cognitively developed than sixty year olds, just because some people hit it. You can hit it at any point past that point, but it just doesn't happen for some people. Which is the universe, 
can change, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, because I mean, think about how many people do you know where it's just kind of like, well, that's just the way the world works. It's like, it doesn't have to. The universe can change, you know? Is it, and th- so, this feels uh, really reminiscent of like internal, external locus of control. Very much so, yeah. yes. You know, um, it, it's, it's kind of tangential, but I mean, it, it, you know, as, as with a lot of, you know, human philosophy and psychology, it kind of all kind of bleeds together. But, um, but I mention all that because when, what, made, what drew me to this game is that um, so often I've said, you know, like whenever you reach something that you don't like or that you wish wasn't so, you have two options, change yourself or change the universe, right? If you're walking down the road and there's a giant boulder in your path, you can change yourself, walk around the boulder or change the universe, move the boulder. Those are your options, right? <laughs> and whenever I say to people like, oh, we'll just change the universe. They're like, oh, yeah, that's all I have to do. I'm like, well, you don't have to change the whole thing. You just have to change the part of it you don't like. You know, like, <laughs> well, not but do something it, about it. Not today. Yeah. I mean, it's already after lunch. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't have to change the gravitational constant of the universe. You just have to change, you know, you just have to polarize the deflector dish to, you know, like, you know, or whatever Jordy did. Um, so I said all that to say this, is that this game is one of the first ones that I've really seen that just takes that concept and just runs with it. You know, to basically says, you know, like, what if we made that a core concept to where, like, we made a video game to where the entire game is about changing the rules that govern the universe, right? Where it's not only a feature, it is the core feature and a requirement, you know, like, and I find that amazing and fascinating. And, and they knew that this concept is foreign to many, many, many people, you know? So they knew that they were going to be teaching it, you know, even to myself where I'd like to think that I have a pretty firm grasp about changing the universe when I don't like it. I myself, you know, can struggle with it just like anybody can. Right. So because they knew all of that cognitive legwork that they were having to do, they basically said lobotomize everything else. You know, if it, if it is not serving that core concept, it doesn't need to be in the game. Fancy artwork. Nope. It's gone. You know, like, uh, narrative what narrative it's gone you know like yeah, like all of it just just start you know, like you go through the seven core aesthetics right you can probably just like like <laughs> nope, not only nope, is it nope 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 yeah nope. not only is it not a core aesthetic it's not there at all you know like what's the narrative behind this game it's like I, I don't know i got to the ending and i still don't really know what happened like it's not it's not important don't worry about it worry about this one thing they really did exactly in fact i say they i think it was literally one dude uh, nice. It is, they, the the original creator or creator and team, um, decided exactly what you're saying, which I think is is reminiscent of um, like the way you learn to meditate, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or honestly, the way you would learn most skills is you have to cut away all of the noise, right? So you think about like, oh, you know, I, I want to learn to meditate. It's like, well, yeah, a, a Buddhist monk could probably walk through Times Square on New Year's Eve and successfully meditate because they can push all of that visual and auditory information out of their mind. But uh, you and I, not so much, right? So we, <laughs> we, need, we need to be in a quiet area and we need to maybe close our eyes and sit comfortably so that we're not distracted by like our, you know, our aching knees and aching backs and things like these are all ways you cut that stuff out. And to say we want someone to do this incredibly mentally complex task. So how's it going to look as they're moving through the universe where we're having them think in this way? And it's like simple as possible. Just, yep. just 
just nothing that would visually confuse or add nuance where nuance does not belong or distract, right? There's just none of that, none of that at all. And in fact, you know, mentioning again, the, the wiggly outline, I literally think that that's there as an aesthetic choice, but it does have the, the mechanical effect of, I know the game didn't freeze, right? Because, <laughs> because otherwise I would be tempted to just like left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right to make sure like everything was still functioning. But because the world is always like kind of gently in motion, it's just a reminder that like the game is still running and you can just take all the time you need to think and everything will just kind of keep wiggling away and waiting for you, right? So the, the visuals by not being there right by being incredibly mm-hmm. subdued to the point of childlike almost being insulting like oh this these graphics are terrible like a kid could have made these and it's like yeah and that's what we needed to accomplish this goal anything yeah. more sophisticated would actually be a detriment absolutely um the one other minor throwaway note that i had on visuals was um uh the pause menu shows all of the rules that are in effect which um is super helpful. I didn't, I didn't use it a whole lot just because I preferred to kind of scan through the level and like see what the rules were. But I definitely felt that it was good to have because if there was ever a point where I was like, wait, why did that do that? You know, I could just <laughs> pause it and then scan through and be like, ah, okay. So, so Baba is melt and wall is hot. Okay. Cause it's like, wall isn't defeat. Why, why, when I hit the wall, did I suddenly like pop into nothingness, you know? And it's like, oh, because, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, wall's hot, but who cares? Who cares? You know, it's like, oh, okay, because it says Baba is you here, but over there it does say Baba is melt. Okay, now I've got it, you know? So, so having a place where you can just very quickly press the start button and double check everything that's going on in the universe was super helpful. And yeah, and I, I won't go too much into the mechanical nature of uh, the two comments I'm about to make, but the fact that rules are illuminated when they are in effect and yes. they are dimmed when they're not in effect is tremendously helpful to also, you know, juggle all that cognitive load. Um, yeah, absolutely necessary. Totally. Um, and the other thing, which I didn't deal with as much uh, in at least in the levels I got to, because um, I don't, I got the sense that you may have gotten quite a bit further than I did, which is not super surprising. Um, but uh, I don't know about that, man. I did, <laughs> I did not get as far as I would have liked to. <laughs> well, some of the levels have um, what I've taken to call truisms, where it'll say like "wall is wall," mm-hmm. and if you try to make wall something else you can't you can't mm-hmm. undo a truism and the way it communicates that is with a big fat red x so, yep. so like if you try like if wall is wall is somewhere in the level and then you try and make like wall is ice then it will literally x out the wall the is and the ice to let you know this mm-hmm. entire rule is not happening and i think i may be wrong on this but i think cuz i think i ran into this in the level which is you can undo that with a not so correct yeah yes but you you can't wall yeah you can't just literally override a truism you have Mm -hmm. to counter a truism yeah which is wall is wall wall is not wall and then all of a sudden you can you can start messing with it but that that started to get to the point and we'll get into it mechanics where uh where the the learning curve just got so steep and i was like man 
I don't know how much of how much more my fragile self-esteem can take of this you know mental <laughs> beating. So I think I'm I think I'm good, but uh you know, anyways, we'll get into that. But um are you good for audio? I'm dude, I'm so ready to talk about the gentle, quiet, calm, soothing music that barely exists, much like the visuals. Yes. Yeah. No, the music is absolutely nothing to write home home about. I mean, like I I mean in the sense that like like you said, it's just it's very calm. It's very soothing. I could not hum a word of it to you, but it does not. Um, it doesn't. It, it's it's unobtrusive. It's not drawing your attention because, and honestly, if anything, it just enhances your ability to fade into your own mind and run the trillions of iterations. I mean, I swear <laughs> to God, I felt like most of the time, I felt like Doctor Strange. You know, like oh, do, in, doing Infinity that. I, I looked into fifteen billion potential yeah. futures. And, and and I looked into 15 billion different iterations of this game. How many did you win? Just one. <laughs> like, none of them. None of them. There are, there's an infinite number of parallel universes, <laughs> and not a single one am I able to beat this game. <laughs> um, and all this is true. The, the one thing, though, that I did feel that they did a very good job with, though, was some of the sound effects. So... Or and actually no no this one this one is a music note that that ties into sound effects right which is if you catastrophically screw up the music ducks out entirely yes you know? and and a catastrophic fail in this case would be not only death but also rendering yourself non-functional like if you break yes. the sentence Baba is you and you are not something else. Right. The music goes away and it goes away almost instantly. Like it, it almost instantly fades to zero. Right. And you know, it fades to zero. Then there's normally a little replay button at the top that says like, Hey, you know, and you can literally just back it up one move, which we'll get into in mechanics, but you know, like you can just undo that last thing that you did. But I do think that, I don't know why, man, it like, I definitely ran into a wall that was melt when I was hot or hot or that was hot when I was melt. I've, Ran into more skulls that were defeat than I could possibly count. <laughs> Ran into a few loves that were defeat, which I found emotionally distressing. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that was more cerebrally and emotionally damaging than dissociating the you from a sentence, man. I don't know why, but all of a sudden it's like, you are nothing, you know? And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh God, I just, I'm not like, because to me it's like the entire universe can change. And you can, you, you're almost like a small demigod. You can mold it into all of these different things that you want. But in your mad genius, you forgot to firmly tether yourself to any part of it. And so you just ceased. Yeah. Ugh. No, you, you can create a universe in which you don't exist. Yes. And so I really kind of felt like, I don't know why the dropout in music really drove that home to me, where it was just kind of like, to me, it was like, the music doesn't exist anymore. Not that the music stopped existing. You stopped existing in the universe. Ooh, so, ooh, 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 you know what this is? You know what this is? <laughs> this is this is the cleric going into the cursed area with the vampire, right? Is ooh, yes, in Catterley. Yeah. Yes, because uh, you know he, he goes in and he can no longer hear the song of his god, but he doesn't realize yep. it right away. Like this is that is like yeah. It's not that. The music went away. You went away. The universe has music. You're not there to hear it. Yes. Yeah. An awesome cleric quintet reference, man. Right. Very nice to <laughs> Um Yeah. So I mean, like, just a little thing like that. But the 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 in game mechanical service to it is that 
you know, in the same way that the, the whole universe is kind of dancing all the time to let you know that the game's not frozen, this lets you know that the game didn't break. You you broke, you know? So, like, you, you have now screwed up to the point where there's no recovering, right? You now need to at least back up a move, you know, which I think is uh, is a very kind of a clever way to reinforce that. So you're not sitting there like, wait, what's going on, man? Like, all of a sudden, all of my controls died. Like, I don't get it. It's like, yeah, because there is no you. Um and so, uh, yeah, and so in that, in that same thing, there's always a very clear sound effect associated, like, when a thing happens, you know? Um, so, for example, when you put a rule into place, you know, there's a little, like, bloop, you know? Yeah, a little, little kind of sparkly noise. Yeah, kind of sound effect where it's like, hey, just so you know, like, all of the letters will turn a bright color, and it'll give you a little sound effect to be like, hey, just so you know, you put a new rule into effect, so if you weren't trying to do that you did it so you may want to double check what you just did because you've changed the nature of the universe um the same thing with like you know if uh if you destroy something if you make something if you anytime you do a thing even moving technically does have a, a small little running around carpet trying to zap your younger brother it's it's really inoffensive though it's like to me it sounds exactly like the sound effect of, you know, trying to build up static electricity to, like, shock your sibling. <laughs> like, that's... I don't know exactly what that sounds like. I didn't have any siblings. I had to, like, live vicariously through others. But uh, I, my understanding is that was a thing that siblings did to one another. Does that mean you grew up deaf? Or like, I, <laughs> I never heard any sounds because I had no siblings. Yes. No, I just... <laughs> I. I, I think that I saw on a TV show, which just sounds so sad. Like I saw on a TV show the way siblings interacted with one another, but no, I saw that, and I think like my brain said, "Ooh, you could do that to your parents," and then <laughs> immediately said, "Don't, though, don't do that to your parents." <laughs> so I just don't think that I ever made that sound because I never was trying to do the thing that the sound would precipitate. That's fair. If you live in a dry enough climate like I do, you're just constantly electrocuting yourself and everyone around you. It's just part of winter. Dude, I'll tell you what. One of the things that I found when uh, when I lived in Colorado was um, uh, is that, you know, because the worst is when you reach out to grab a doorknob because it's always on your fingertips. Mm -hmm. And that, that hurts a lot. So I realized I developed this habit when I was like 13 and just never got rid of it, which is that um, typically is I will tap a door with my knuckle before I'll open it. You know, it's just like a quick tap and then open, you know, so it's, it's seamless. Like, I, I don't think that most people even know me would know that I generally do that, but yeah, I generally don't touch with my fingertips, a doorknob just because of that. So I, I can, I can give you the adult version of that, not that kind mm. of adult, but the adult version, uh, which Ooh. is, uh, all so that kind of adult. all winter long. Every time I go to kiss my wife, the first thing she does is slap me on the side of the face to, to discharge the static. So she nice. will, she will literally reach up and just quickly poke me in the side of the face <laughs> to discharge the static before I give nice. her a kiss. It sounds like like you know like grounding the robot before you like do work on it. You know, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, do you have anything else for audio? Uh, I do want to give my thumbs up actually to the music because uh, I I agree with you that it's ignorable and that that is probably what they want. But if you stop and listen to it, 
like I, I actually sought out the the soundtrack for this, which is like all modern indie games, easily available. Um, but if if you stop and listen to this music, it's I don't think it's just quiet music. It feels like they intentionally wrote fairly meditative zen. the The melodies are not there aren't dizzying highs and frightening lows, right? It, it's just, it's very soothing. Like it, it frankly sounds like the kind of music you might meditate to, right? It's not exciting. It's not scary. It's not sad. It's sort of emotionless white noise almost, but with like a really simple melody. And there's, I don't know, maybe like five or six different level songs that I can think of that I was exposed to, plus like the title screen music. Um, but I, I I liked it. I actually kind of caught myself thinking like, I, I sort of want to like just go for a walk and listen to this. Like <laughs> I, I want to just like be in the woods and just looking at rocks and thinking about pushing those rocks. Like it's just, it's it's nice kind of zenned out. Um, and, and I think that's like the super simple visuals that's also important for a puzzle game because some of the puzzle games we've played have fairly energetic music, which makes you feel like you should always be on the move. And sometimes that's true, right? Like in Tetris, you can't sit there and have a long, deep think about where the next block should go. You sort of need to decide, right? Dr. Yeah. Mario, right? You sort of need to make your decision in a soccer ball. Well, can, can you look up? fork and look up lung why <laughs> time is a factor here lois it's like like where should i put this blue block time is a factor here yeah exactly right so having energetic music might actually fit better because it's like yes yeah, stay focused stay on task whereas in a sakoban like which this is for all of its quirks is you actually kind of want the opposite you sort of want to sit back take in the rules of the universe, think about which gravity constants you're going to change, and then go take a decisive action, right? You're not mm -hmm. really incentivized to just randomly string nouns and verbs together to see what happens, right? It's like, no, take all the time you want. There'll be this gentle music that's not driving you forward. The visuals aren't going to be all like crazy and, and like, like, oh, I, I can't interpret this because it's so visually complicated, right? It's just all... I'll just like take your time, man. Like the puzzle will be here when you're ready, and I and I feel like the music actively supports that. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely agree with that. I mean, you know, obviously, I you know, it's a it's a running <laughs> gag about how how poor my ear is for music, but um, but that being said, is that I, I would agree completely in the in the sense that you know it 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 the pacing of the music is not antithetical to the game, and and it's actually a very good lead into mechanics because I definitely think that the game allows you to sit there. And kind of, I mean, realistically, the cadence to this game that I generally fell into was staring at the screen motionless for between one to ten minutes and then exploding into motion, <laughs> you know, and, and, and working through this plan. And then, like, I mean, three quarters of the time, half the time, the plan would, would fail, you know, because of, like, oh, well, okay. And, and But it was never because the game did something that I could not have predicted. I just simply did not predict it, mm, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I, I would be like, okay, I'm going to put this sentence together. It's like, Oh, but when I do wall is, you know, or rock is push, you know, like now I can't push it to the rock to where I want it to go. Like I thought I could, but I, I couldn't. Or now that, you know, rock is pushed the way I went about it. Rock is no longer, you know, 
tele- tele. So, or, or actually, now that rockets push, I can't use it as a teleporter because I can't get into it. Yeah, which is, this isn't a problem for the first section of the game, but you learn at some point when more complication comes in that the rules have an order, right? So, like, push trumps telly, right? Stop trumps, uh, I think push also trumps stop, actually, right? Um, Stop trumps defeat. So if wall is stop and defeat, the wall can't kill you because you have to step onto the wall for it to kill you. But stop stops you next to it. So there is an order of priority to the rules, and I think they mostly make it so you never, ever have to think about that through level design, right? They try Mm -hmm. to not put you in an area where you have to understand, oh, this rule trumps that one, but if I put this one in between those two, then I can get this crazy effect where all three are true, but only because this particular one is in the middle. That may be happening under the hood, but you as the player do not have to do any of that juggling, and thank God. (laughs) That would be nightmarish. Well, and again, not not what they're trying to do. They're not trying to make you think about like, precedence and order of operations they're just trying to get you to think about changing the universe and to me it kind of made intuitive sense because it was like which whichever ones happen like don't allow you to occupy the same spaces as the thing so like telly and defeat necessitate you occupying the same space as the thing you know also another just i mean bizarre thing that you just don't even think of is that if there's no rules associated with an object you just pass through it unfettered, which is just eerie. Yeah, you know. So like, if if rock isn't push or stop or defeat, it's just it's just nothing. You just move through it. Like it just kind of isn't a part of the universe until all of a sudden you make it a part of the universe. So like, there were definitely times where I was like, oh yeah, I don't need rock as push, but your brain gets so used to the fact that just because I mean, generally a lot of the times they use they necessitate you to use the rule rock is push, right? You use that one a lot, which makes sense because they, and they, they play with it very cleverly because, you know, generally speaking, a lot of the puzzles will necessitate you to push a rock, but then occasionally they'll be like, okay, but we're, we're going to make it so that way you can't use rock as push. Cause remember that's not inherent, you know, like it's all of the rules are negotiable. So like they'll, they'll give you like three or four words like rock is push. And then, it, they'll, they'll play on that. They also do an amazing thing with the level design where literally sometimes they will take the exact same level and they'll just make it like a, it's the, the, the level and then the level plus mm-hmm. where they just twist a single thing about it and it completely changes the way you have to solve the puzzle. It is mind blowing. Like the, the way that that works, like literally one of them that I remember was, it was the first one where you can like teleport, I think through love, like love is telly. And it was the exact same level. They just mirror imaged it, right? So I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. So I just do exactly what I did before, just uh, as a mirror image. And then all of a sudden, I was like, wait, no, that's not going to work because of the way I did it before. A mirror image of that won't actually work. I've got to completely from the ground up change the way I solved this puzzle. And that's, you know, like, again, I think that they're doing that on purpose to be like, you know, Remember, just because it worked this way doesn't mean that a small change doesn't mean you have to completely reformulate your thought process. It's really impressive. And 
Okay, so I, I got to ask you. I was I knew at some point I was going to have to ask you this question, but I'm going to ask you this question now. Do you know about how many puzzles you solved at, as of the time of recording? Because I suspect we will both dip back into this in the future. Yeah. Um, do you know how many it takes to beat the game? Uh, it's less than 50. It's I think yeah. I think it's maybe 35 to 45. Yeah, so I'd say probably 60, 55, somewhere in there. Okay. So do you know how many there are total? Oh, like at least 100. 249. There it is. Yeah, yeah no, a tremendous number because I remember, and so this is another thing that, that I had in, in my notes, which was uh, just how early the ending is, you know, because basically you solve like 30 puzzles and I, you know, you get the three little flower things you know i'm like all right neat and so uh so then you know a level appears and goes the end question mark and i'm like no and i went in there and it's hard it's a hard level you know but i was able to beat it and then yeah the game just ends and i was like well but there's still tons of levels you know so then i kind of went back through and, and and played a few more and i was like oh right because the game gets absurdly difficult right around that time like i beat the game and then was able to scratch the surface of like each of the additional little areas i could get to and then just hit hard walls in almost every single one and i was like i mean i could go online very easily and find the solution to this but that's not that's not fun well that's and, not, and that, that's not point of that. a puzzle game right because yeah. like if you look up the solution in a platformer like where do i go you still then have to go Right. Right. Like I, I, I recently got the true ending or the, the full ending to hollow Knight. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I knew what I needed to do, but it was hard <laughs> and <laughs> no amount of walkthroughs, even though I had like the most rigged set up and I knew that this is the easiest way to beat the final boss. It was still hard and I had to execute it. Puzzle games, particularly soccer bomb likes are not like this, right? If you look, mm-hmm. you can literally, okay, up one, right three, down two, you know what I mean? Like it, it would be, yeah. it'd be game, gaming by numbers. Like it, it just wouldn't, I can't imagine that being satisfying. Maybe some people would be like, uh-huh. um, hints are nice, right? If like mm-hmm. you don't even know where to start and it's like, do this rule first or undo this rule first. It's like, oh, okay, that's step one. Now I can try to extrapolate knowing that that is the correct step one, right? But but just seeing the entire solution is not a useful thing. So I I wanted to share, this is tangential, but I wanted to share this one side story um, about a time when I totally did look up the solution to a puzzle online, but but it was because I was playing a different game. So um, I had... uh, um, one of the employees that worked under me um, in in a in a job I had a few years back, um, you know, came to me and in we we would do like these like you know management walks around the lab, and so in front of a like a whole host of managers, handed me a one of those brain teaser puzzles, right, and said, oh, like the kind here. you get at a Cracker Barrel, yeah, exactly. He said like, hey, here you go, and he said like you haven't solved it until you've both taken it apart and put it back together, right? Now I am t- terrible at these, you know, <laughs> and so. I was like, okay. So I went back to, um, uh, and so, you know, and one of the things that this team had difficulty with was like kind of not working together as a team, you know? Um, and so I went back to my office and, you know, I tried it a little bit just to see, and of course I couldn't do it. So I went online, looked up the solution, internalized the solution, went back to him, solved it in front of him, 
and handed it off to him. And he said, wow, that was a great job. You know, you, you solved that pretty quickly. I'll, uh, you know, I'll have to give you a more difficult one in the future. I was like, would you like to know how I solved it? And he's, he said, how? And I said, I went online. I looked up the solution and I solved it. And he just the betrayal in his face <laughs> was so stark. And he just said, you're you're a monster. And I said, just before you think too before you think too poorly of me, what was the exact thing you asked me to do? He said, I asked you to solve the puzzle. And I said, and I used every resource I could possibly marshal to that end to help you succeed in your goal of me solving this puzzle. I wasn't prideful. I just went online and found the solution <laughs> because it was a resource I had. And he's like, I didn't tell you not to look online. I'm like, no, you did not. And he was like, I'll make sure to do that next time. I'm like, yeah, if, you, if it's important to you, then make sure that you are careful about what resources I'm allowed to bring to bear to achieve your goal. Yeah, so, and, and, and I think the, the, the moral of that story is that uh, floating just outside the visual space of Baba is You is cheating is not fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, because we can all choose to live in a universe where that rule is not in effect, but right. but we choose to stay in the universe where cheating is not fun. Because I did, I'll be honest, three times of the 50-some-odd puzzles that I solved, three times I did look up hints, but I never mm-hmm. looked up a full solution because I was like, I don't... I'm not there yet. Like if I was going right. to try and actually do all 249 puzzles, maybe I would get to a point where I was like, no amount of hints will get me through this cluster. But <laughs> but I, I didn't get to that point where a hint wasn't enough to allow me to extrapolate the rest. Um, based on the fact that I only got to about, you know, like 57 or 58 out of 249, I'm not positive I would have stayed within the hint realm being enough. But you know, I can, I can live in a universe where I believe that that's true. Yes. Well, and also too, I think that you know, for me, I could imagine looking up the entire solution to a puzzle if I thought like this puzzle is an artificial spike in the difficulty curve. Um, so I'm just trying to like because the the way the game is laid out is that which I also think is fascinating is that you you know you beat a level and then you can attempt nearby levels so sometimes that means it unlocks three levels you can try sometimes it unlocks one but it does unlock levels you know so if i said man this one level is going to unlock three different levels for me i just can't get it done no matter how much i how many hints it's like line you (laughs) line homestarrunner.com something.com you know like if it's gonna be that that bad you know like i may just like look it up but that would be with the idea that the next puzzles are hopefully going to drop in the difficulty curve and i can then just solve them on my own or solve them with a hint so i could see maybe leveraging that but i didn't even attempt it because the the skill wall is so it's made out of like titanium man because i wouldn't run in full tilt and i was like oh man you know like i stumbled a couple of times but i'm just stronger because the thing this game does so well is that when you solve it you feel so smart like oh my god it's it's like heroin you know i mean <laughs> the, the highs are so dizzying yeah well, i'm the, like you you realize how dangerous dopamine is and you're like <laughs> my body produces a chemical that i can get this addicted to how is this good design yeah 
Yeah, no, because I mean, there would literally be ones where, you know, I'd go, I've got it. And I would like go pull Megan in from another room and sit (laughs) her down and make her watch me solve. Like, look at how brilliant I am. Like, you know, like you married this, you know, like you get to have this every day, you know, like just and then and then on the other hand, the failures. Oh, man. Like, after you've been hooked on that dopamine, man, I'm like, oh, man, come on. Just, just, just you got any more of that sweet, sweet puzzle solving for me, man? Come on, man. Don't hold out on me. And it'd be like, no, all you have to do is just figure out how to use move with push and not. And it's like, I know I can do this, man. No, no, don't, don't, don't change it for me, man. Just, just, just give me one more. Just, just a little bit more, man. You know, it's just, it was rough, man. So one of the things I cherish about nostalgia games is, uh, that we have access to things that are not research because they're part of the culture. (laughs) So uh, a listener uh, got wind that we were going to be playing this game and sent me an interview with the creator, which is why I think it was either one guy or a super small team. But I was trying to like not deeply internalize every single thing in this interview, but it's an interview about him as a game developer, less like here's how you solve you know puzzle number eighty five right because that'd be a crappy interview, but mm-hmm. uh, two of the things that he said that really stood out to me is one when he decided to make a puzzle game because he's made other video games before when he decided to make a puzzle game he was like I want to make a really difficult puzzle game and about halfway through development I realized that when you are designing the puzzles you have no sense of how difficult they actually are. <laughs> Because you're like way too close to the problem. So he put a massive emphasis on not just having playtesters, but he specifically recruited playtesters who were puzzle game designers. Hmm. So like Jonathan Blow, who did, uh, you know, show favorite Braid and The Witness, right? Who's like a famous puzzle game designer. Like he was one of this guy's playtesters, right? That's like, that is the the fear he had that he was making a game that was functionally impossible for anyone except him. Right. So he was very careful about that. The other thing that I thought was really charming is he wanted those Eureka moments to not just make you feel smart, but if possible to like give you a laugh because Mm. you are changing the gravity constant of the universe. Sometimes rock is you. Sometimes wall is you. And then there's a lot of walls on the screen and suddenly the whole level looks like it's freaking out. And he really wanted those moments of euphoria to be delightful as much as he wanted them to make you feel smart. And I, 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 before I read this article, um, I actually had that experience a few times where I was just like, Oh, Oh, that's funny. Okay, I see, I see what he wants me to do. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Right? Like yep. and it you feel smart, but the 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 overriding feeling in some of those instances is more like mirth. You're just like, ah, mm-hmm. ah, ah, that's clever. Yeah. No, it very much so is very close. To, I think it is the closest that I have ever been to doing drugs without doing drugs, <laughs> you know? Like where it is just kind of like a, oh, wow, there is a way to because because I mean most drugs, it's not the drug that's doing it to you it's the drug that's forcing your brain to then do stuff to you you know like like you said like you're it it's not you know the cocaine it's not it's not the fall that kills you it's the sudden stop at the end it's not the cocaine that gets you high it's the fact that it just jams into your dopamine thing and says you know like 
free all the things and then it just all dumps out into your body right you know so it's like oh so i don't need another chemical to do that i can just do that to me given the right circumstances and and they found them and uh so i'm kind of glad that uh that you know like i said i hit the skill wall that i did because otherwise i'd just be you know like with 15 inch fingernails and toenails just <laughs> playing baba is you in a basement somewhere so now here here's the counter story to the the joy that this can bring. Uh the first level I played in um cuz we didn't mention when we were talking about visuals somehow but uh the levels are kind of like mildly themed. So there's like mm-hmm. an underwater area where there's like columns like Atlantean columns and like jellyfish and seaweed. And then there's like a farmy kind of like country area and then there's like a space area, right? So there's they all f- function in basically the same way but they use the coat of paint light as it is to sometimes get your mind thinking in a certain way right mm-hmm. so it's like the, some of the space themed levels even though they're still top down the layout of the level is as if there is verticality because that is when they introduce is fall where things yes. fall to the bottom of the screen which wouldn't make sense in all of the screen layouts because you're looking top down and down mm-hmm. is not down, right? Down right. is the lower part of the screen. It's south, not down, right? So like right. there's this interesting way they use the visuals to communicate or the theming and the visuals to communicate like here's how you should maybe think about the world in a way that will will help get you there. And in some of those theme areas is where they also choose to introduce certain concepts in a way that it will seem to fit. And in the space area, I believe, is where they introduce the word empty, mm-hmm. where you can be empty. So, like, empty yeah. is you, where you are now all of the negative space of the level. And Yes, which I never really was able to get my head fully wrapped around. I couldn't do it, dude. Be- I couldn't. Yeah. That was my, that was my dotted eye and Jeremy Barramy. Like, I just... <laughs> <laughs> it, it completely Tuesdays and also July. <laughs> also never. <laughs> and sometimes it's never. It's true. It just it it completely freaking broke me. Like I beat a few of the puzzles that had empty in them, but those I I had like more gritted teeth, sweat on the forehead with those levels than any other puzzles. Even puzzles that I had a harder time solving just thinking I need to manipulate everything that isn't it was just <laughs> I need to manip- manipulate not yes it was just a really really hard thing for me to get my head around did you did you find that like eventually get, it would get to the point where you would see the word empty even if it wasn't an in effect rule and you're like <laughs> Oh God, I've got to dick around with that again. Yes. Like there were definitely some concepts that when I would see them, I'd be like, Oh no, I suck at these. Like, you know, um, for me it was move, you know, like uh, I knew you have to like do time it so that they move and do something for you. Yes. And so I knew how that worked as a rule. I just, I was so garbage at employing it. Well, cause I'd be <laughs> like, like, where do I need to line you up? And like, how do I need to time it? Like it was just, completely antithetical to my thought process um so one of the things though actually on the 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 sky levels that you're that you're talking about the outer space levels um that i that i noticed that kind of was like a an aha moment is a lot of the times the level names 
can give hints on how to solve them. That is true, but I'm pretty sure the designer thought of that because some oh, yeah. of some of them are actually counterpoints and there's no indication <laughs> that it's a counterpoint. So it's like he's doubly trying to screw with you. Like, is this a hint or is it a not hint? <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember with that one because uh, the, the first one where fall is introduced, you know, blank is fall. The name of the level is float, you know? And so mm-hmm. I like, and so you have to basically get the key across the level by moving the text underneath it. Yeah. You know, and there's Which actually is, a couple puzzles where the words aren't just rules. They are physical objects that you're like, Oh, I need to get this word over there where I can't go, but I can stack seven words behind it and shove it over there. Mm-hmm. Which is, that is one of the few mechanics that, there there were two specific mechanics that, at least in my play that I encountered, that I don't know how I feel about them. One is the, <laughs> the words are objects in the world, and sometimes you use them as things like platforms. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I mean, it's, once you think about them that way, that's okay, but it, it feels like there's this constant meta rule going on, like words are platforms and you just have to, but, right. You but, just, but, but all of the rules are negotiable. Yeah. But even the, even the meta rules. Yeah. And, and that, that like just felt a little weird. Cause it's like, well, there are times where words can cross over other words, but it's not really supposed to happen. And so that, that felt a little awkward because it's like, this is true except when it's not, but I don't really have full control over when this rules in effect or not. It's just, it's mostly true. The other one Mm -hmm. is actually kind of the same problem, which is there are times like with teleport, but also just with like is stop where Mm -hmm. you can put an object on top of another object and then make it impossible to move that object. And because you later get the rule has, when an mm-hmm. object is destroyed, it releases another object. And if you make that object contain itself and something else, you can create an infinite loop. And yep. that's fine, but there are actually a couple of puzzle- puzzles where one of the solutions, because some of them have like two or three solutions, but there are a couple of puzzles where there it is a perfectly serviceable solution to create an infinite loop, which is not a way that I think they should be encouraging you to think because it's again, it's like a meta rule. It's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I can create circumstances by which the normal passage of time will cause this other thing to happen. And that's, it's not like a game ender, but it it just, I, I didn't, I tended to not like the puzzles where the words had to act like platforms and where I had to cheat the physics of the world to create loops. Those, Mm. those just felt, less satisfying to me maybe other people mm-hmm. totally that that got their rock is push off right like i don't know but, <laughs> but for me i was just like eh. like okay yeah i get it i had to move kiki on top of this section column of words but i was always just like eh. yeah no for me i think um like i i, I the the using words as objects was not uh, a problem and i actually did get a, a a kick out of ones where it was like you know key has key you know and then like you you know do box has key and oh i I love the the has i I just didn't like when you could create 
an endlessly automatically spawning series of things with like has and move. And mm-hmm. so it's just like, oh, this this is just happening now. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think that that was that was one of the, some of the ones where I was like, huh? you know, where I kind of would get a, a chortle out of it because I was like, look, you know, it, especially and, and honestly, I got a bigger kick out of it when it was unnecessary because I was like, one key. You, you like keys, do you? <laughs> Have all of the keys in the world, you know, and then like just be a bajillion keys on the thing. And then I would just find the one that I needed and go <laughs> move it to the door to open it and then get to flag as win or whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that the game is kind of in a a perpetual state of, you know, kind of ch- challenging any preconceived notion that you may have you know and that can very much so become exhausting i think for me kind of the way i look at it is it's kind of like a a a titration in the sense that you get every everything titrates to an end point eventually given enough titrant you know (laughs) and and i know this is like a super specific analogy but i mean it's just like to me it's like it's not a question of if you'll eventually get outpaced by Baba is you, the question is simply when, you know? So like it's, you know, somebody said to me, if somebody came to me and said, I beat Baba is you, my first question would be, how long did it take you? And if they said like five hours or something like that, I would either assume I would then immediately try to size them up as a human (laughs) and be like, you are either lying or so much smarter than me that I can't even understand your type of intelligence, you or, know, like, or for them, uh, the cheating is not fun rule may not be in effect. Maybe, but I would just be, I mean, like literally that would then be challenging my understanding of the universe. Be like, how, how did you do that? If they were like, I don't know, man, it just makes sense to me. Be like, what, what projects can we put in that your very specific mind would just, rip out of the water you know because i consider myself to be a pretty smart and fairly mentally pliable dude and i petered out pretty fast the uh one other thing that um that we kind of touched on before but uh i just want to make sure that we kind of touch on and then this is like my other only last note that i had where i wanted to make sure we touch on it which is that the controls for undoing and restarting the level are single button pushes you know, so it's just oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. No, I mean, just the fact that like when you screw something up and you're like, oh, I want to undo that last move or I want to undo the last 50 moves or I want to just restart the level. You just press a button. You internalize what those buttons are. This is and exactly then... what I said I wanted when we played Quirk. Uh, I've been yep. playing a Sakoban like on my mobile device, which for some reason does not have an undo at all. And that is exactly what I would want there is a single button to undo. All Sagaban likes should have single button to undo. It is everything. Which which Sagaban like are you playing? Uh it's I think it's called the Warlock's Tower or something. Hmm. It's like this cute Good. little pixel arty it it's the 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 mechanic in this universe is um you have to touch these numbered bubbles and that's how many steps Mm. you can take until you die. So like Mm. if you have three steps, you have three steps to touch another numbered bubble. Otherwise you die and you have to start the puzzle over. But that's the thing is you cannot undo. And so if the puzzle is 
50 movements, right, which is on the long side, let's say 30. If it's 30 movements, you have to memorize all 30 of those movements because most of the puzzles have one and only one proper solution. So like in Baba is You, because of the way you have to think about it, if you had to restart the puzzle anytime you're like, oh, I accidentally pushed this thing against the wall and now it's stuck there because I can't get on the other side of it or I, you know, killed myself, right? I undid the Baba is You or something and you had to restart the entire puzzle, like this game, you know what that would do? It would push it from hard to punishing. It would be like, yep. oh no, if you can't hold all this in your head, you're just not smart enough for this game. It's like, that's not fun. No one thinks that's yeah. fun. Yeah, being a jerk. Um, the the one actually Sakoban like I've been dabbling with that you actually recommended to me um, is a Sakoband. That's awesome. Is it good? It's good. It's good. <laughs> I will definitely say that I don't know for I, I, I having no control group. I can't say this for sure. I will say that. So this is a soccer is a chemistry soccer bond game for those who, you know, are listening at home. So it's uh, it's basically you you move a molecule around to slowly make connect all of the bonds and make a proper molecule. Being a chemist definitely makes it easier because. <laughs> Sometimes just looking at the atoms that they give me, I can take a shot at what chemical they're trying to make me make, you know, so I can be like, okay, so with, with these, it's probably acetic acid. So I know that I'm going to need to have carbon bonded to this bonded to an oxygen, but you know, so then I can kind of start in the right direction. So I could imagine like not having any chemistry knowledge, it would be a little bit more difficult to enter, but uh, it's a good game. I suggest people check it out. Yeah. We just had a sub review inside of our game discussion. Um, uh, so I I will admit that what I'm about to discuss is completely unreliable self-reported data. Um, but there is a website on the interwebs called howlongtobeat.com. And nice. I use this uh, because when I'm playing games not for nostalgia goggles, I like to have an idea of what I'm getting into because I have a job and a wife and kids and hobbies and things. So like... I need to know, like, is this a, a five-hour game? Is this a 50-hour game? Not that I'll walk away from a 50-hour game. I just need to know. Right. <laughs> so this is all self-reported data, right? So it's, it's you know, it might fudge low if people are trying to make themselves look smart. The average reported playtime for completionists of Baba is You, because they have different categories, is 43 hours. Really? That's a long time, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially considering that, well, let's see. So 43 hours, right? 200 and how many levels? 249, I think. So 249 divided by, or sorry, 40, and it was 45 hours, right? 43 and a half. So about 0.18 hours per, per level, right? So about 10, 11 minutes per level. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that's an average, right? Because some of the levels you you solve in five seconds and other ones you stare at screen for 40 minutes. Yeah. And then, and then walk away and and pout and then come back. But I mean, I wonder like (sighs) if, if when they're, when they're self-reporting that data, if they're including all the time, like when they're making dinner and not like, (laughs) and they're still thinking about the level, you know, and then they, they come back and they play it real fast. They're like, oh, that level only took me three minutes. It's like, eh, it kind of took you 20 hours. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's be honest, right? Because like a, pl- <laughs> a platformer or an RPG or something doesn't work that way. You know, you don't right. you don't walk away from Super Mario World and then say, "Aha, <laughs> I've reached yeah, the I mean, end like of when, the level." <laughs> when a mathematician finds a new proof and they say, "How long did it take you to come up with them with that?" They don't count the time they were at the blackboard. <laughs> they count the entire time they were working on the theorem. Yeah, but it, it's still. I mean, even because I I actually made a note that it took me. Uh, right around six hours, just over six hours to get to the away out puzzle where you get the like first ending. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so that that's about a fifth of the way in terms of number of levels. But assuming I'm even smart enough to finish the game, that means I'm only about a tenth of the way through in play hours. Like, right. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, now that's long. But uh, did you have anything else? Uh, I do need to at least talk about is pull. Mm, because okay. th- this is something we talked a lot about when we played Quirk, and it's just part of the nature of Sokoban games. And so I'm positive he included this to be a troll, because <laughs> in Sokoban games, you can't push things, or you can't pull things, you can only push them which means if you push something up against a wall, it's now trapped there, right? Like you can undo, but that also undoes anything else that changed in the world. So if you have like Kiki moving or you have something, you know, something that's going down the conveyor belt because the belt is shift or whatever, it also undoes those things. So having is pull means time can continue to move forward and you can pull things, right? It also means that, you can attach essentially attach something to your little rabbit butt and then pull it across the screen. But notably, you cannot turn left or right because apparently that does not constitute pulling. You can only pull in a straight line. So if you want to pull something like left and then down, you have to pull it left, then walk around to the bottom of it, put your butt against it, and then walk down, right? So yeah, how do you pull stuff? With my butt. So, so but this, you gotta clinch real hard. I, I, based on the levels I played, I only saw is pull less than half a dozen times, maybe three or four, right? Like, not a lot. But I, the first screen I was on, because every, every puzzle is a single screen, right? So, that, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's another kind of important mechanical thing to note is you always have 100% of the information in front of you at all times, right? Another visual choice they made so that clarity is never in question. But the first time I saw is pull on screen, I was just like, what? That, what? That's like a fundamental part of a Sakoban, like, which as you've said a couple times is he wanted to make every single thing questionable, right? Every rule of the universe is questionable, including you can only push things. And so it's, Hopefully in the later levels, he doesn't go crazy with it because it, it just feels a little too winking at the camera to go mm-hmm. overboard with it. Like, give me a few winks to the camera. Like, let me know, you know, you're in a TV show, but don't deliver monologues directly to me and say my name. Like then now you've, that's a different thing at that point, right? Now, if, if pulling becomes a fundamental way I interact with the universe, it's sort of not a Sakoban like anymore, right? Because... Sakuman likes are pushing, right? If 
if you played a roguelike where the levels weren't randomly generated and you kept all your stuff and you could save and continue your progress, is it really a roguelike anymore? Right. There's, <laughs> there's only so much stuff you can change before you're like, it's not a something like it's an inspired by. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, I think I maybe got to one or two, is polls and I think I failed both of those puzzles. So it didn't quite <laughs> hit hit his home to me because I was just kinda like, all right, this is this is a mechanic that I clearly don't understand how to use it. But uh but yes, that is that is a fair point. Yeah. Um yeah, so now now we can ask, do we think I learned from history? And and I will say just hard yes, no question. This is a phenomenal evolution of the Sakoban like genre. Uh, anyone who is looking to make a game in this genre is now like Baba likes are probably going to become their own like sub genre. Right. So uh, Baba is Sakoban is like some other game because this whole idea of rules manipulation is not new. Like there have been other games where it's like, Oh, you can change things about the game world. Um, Not like this, not this elegant, not this, fully fleshed out and polished and well thought out in all of the different aspects of like, how might the music support the player solving the puzzle? How do the visuals support the player solving the puzzle? How does the screen layout support the player solving the puzzle? Like every little thing is constantly reminding you like question, everything, question, everything, question, everything. And then when there are things they don't want you to question, like we were talking about in the visuals, they make it so clear to free up those mental cycles to focus on the other things. So, I mean, I would, I would recommend this even to someone who doesn't necessarily like puzzle games just for the pure novelty. Even if they yes. only got through the first 10 puzzles, I would be like, just play it just for the pure novelty of what it is attempting to do. Even if you hit a skill wall super early on and then you're like hard pass on the rest of this nonsense, just to say yep. you saw it is I think worthwhile, which is not typically something I can say about a video game. Like just, just pick it up for 10 minutes just so you could say you did. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, and for me too, hard, hard. Yes. Like this, this game is, uh, and again, like, you know, I'm, I'm very, very glad that we played it to me. It's, it's very philosophically important you know, because again, you know, it, change yourself or change the universe, you know, and so, <laughs> so often games are about, you know, like your own personal skill mastery and, you know, like how much can you jump or turn or contort or shoot or what have you, but to just say like, yeah, or, or what if you just changed all the bad guys to flowers, you know, or made it so that way when the bad guys, like imagine if in Mario, you could just say like, yeah, but just, it's like, oh man, you know, Bowser keeps hitting me because, you, or, you know, I keep losing the Bowser because every time he runs into me, like I shrink and it's like, well, what if you just changed it that way when he ran into you, he shrinks, you know, like he takes damage, you know, like you, you don't even think about that. You just so quickly. And one of the things we've said a number of times on this show is that, you know, one of the things that video games do so well is teach us how to learn the rules of new universes and think in novel spaces. But this is one of the few ones I've seen to say like, yeah. And that novel space is, you know, making the universe bend to you. So from my seat, Baba has learned. Baba is good. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. 
The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land. Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creeping with the edge of a smile. You realize again 